Would you like to sit now as we come to our time of reading the scriptures and then Tracy is going to speak to us. Thank you. The first reading is taken from Exodus 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. This is the word of the Lord. Well, if you're feeling short of resources, these are the readings for you this morning. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Now the gospel reading, which is in Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 34. 
when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So he had his disciples come to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we good to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked them. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Take the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who'd eaten was 5,000. How amazing. Good morning. Let's pray before we start. Oh, Father, we do thank you for your word, for these stories of your amazing provision. And Lord, I pray that you would take these words and speak to our hearts so that we might know you better and serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I guess we all know how to grumble, don't we? There seem to be a lot of things to grumble about these days. NHS cuts, social care cuts, customer service automated messages. But what if you have experienced miracle after miracle from God? How easy is it to grumble then? So we're going to continue our story through Exodus, and I just want to backtrack a little. So in chapter 14, we saw God performing an amazing miracle. He literally parted the Red Sea before the Israelites' eyes. They went through safely, and then the waves closed over their enemies. And much of chapter 15 is a story of praise and worship and thanksgiving to God, It was poured out in music and singing and dancing. God was in his rightful place. He was recognised as all majesty, all power, their deliverer. But towards the end of chapter 15, only three days after this miracle and celebration, they travelled into a desert area which was actually unable to support human life. So they hit a problem. Undrinkable water. What was their response? To trust God? Uh Uh-uh. To grumble and to moan. 
God graciously sorted out the drinking water. Another miracle. And he promised them to heal their diseases, that he would not inflict the same diseases that he had on the Egyptians if they listened carefully to him and obeyed him. And so at the end of chapter 15, just before we pick up our story, they were led into another place of abundance, a place of an abundance of water into Elim. So here the Israelites are, beneficiaries time and time again of God's power, his protection, and his provision. But the first hint of them being in trouble again, their response is not to trust God, to be faithful that he'll provide. Oh, no, 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 no. The whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They had such short memories. They suggested that death in Egypt would have been better. And they they actually called into question Moses and Aaron's motives for for the whole journey. You've just brought us here to starve. How crazy is that? Those short memories and that lack of trust in God meant that their flesh took over and they reacted negatively in fear and anger. And I know I've done that before. Does that strike a chord with any of you? Moses and Aaron recognised that the people were grumbling against God and not them. He is the provider that they might know that he is the Lord. God's got a plan to provide for the people and test their obedience at the same time, providing meat in the evenings and bread in the mornings, literally bread from heaven with instructions to only gather what they need for each day and then double on the sixth day, looking ahead to that Sabbath rest where the instruction would be that no work would be done. And in the last verse of our passage, we're told that the Israelites did what they were told. That was a miracle in itself. They truly got their daily bread directly from God, just what they needed for each day. So what does this passage have to say to us today? And how is it good news for all of us here and for all people? Well, you might think that the Israelites were an unbelievable bunch of ungrateful moaners. But, as we said at the beginning, we all know about grumbling. We see it on social media, we may even join in, it's usually unwise. At the bus stop, at the GP surgery, over the garden fence. But the dangers of grumbling is that it spreads and it becomes toxic and it takes on a life of its own. And we hear here that the whole community grumbled. The whole community was affected. How did that start? Probably started with a couple of people just having a grumble, and it escalated. And before long, you had thousands upon thousands upon thousands grumbling. And I don't know about you, but often when you've got a gripe, You talk about it to anybody and everybody. Maybe not, don't even think of going to the person who might actually be able to sort it out, who has the power to sort out that grumble and that complaint. 
God is the first port of call when we have a complaint. He is in the driving seat. He knows all things. I love what uh, Joyce Meyer says about when we have a complaint. Go to the throne, not the phone. And that may be the very best place to start. And also grumbling. Have you ever noticed? It hardens your heart. The more you grumble, the more you feel. And that was the same for the Israelites. They doubted God's goodness. They blamed him. They tested him. They found him wanting. They didn't see him as their Lord and trust him to provide for their needs. They didn't think he was enough. And we can be the same, can't we? When we don't think God is enough, we can try and meet our own needs in so many different ways. We can look to um, different things for comfort, but we can also look to things like money, position, anything really to provide for what we, what we think we need. A few verses after our passage, we see that some people found it hard to totally trust and obey God's instructions and that they paid no attention to Moses. They kept some manna over for the next day. What if I need it? And found it was wormy and unfit to eat. Some people, against God's instructions, went out on the Sabbath looking for more. They didn't obey God's instructions. The Lord had told them to pay careful attention to his commands, but some didn't. And ultimately, the sad outcome for that generation of Israelites was that they never entered the promised land. They died in the wilderness through the disobedience and the lack of faith and trust in God. Despite every miracle that he had poured out, they couldn't believe that he was enough, that he would meet their needs. He'd met their spiritual, he'd met their hunger, their physical hunger and thirst needs day by day, miraculously over 40 years. But the good news for us is that Jesus has come to meet our spiritual hunger and thirst. He is enough for everyone who accepts him. And we discover this in his word. And as believers, we experience it through the power of his Holy Spirit, which lives in us 24-7. In our second reading, we saw another miracle of God's feeding and provision through Jesus. 5,000 people were satisfied with five loaves and two fish. And what's more, there were 12 baskets to spare. And the same story is told in John's Gospel, in chapter 6. And I'm going to turn, if you'd like to turn with me, it's on page 1070 of our church Bibles. I'm going to read from John 6. The people want a sign from God, from Jesus, that he is who he says he is, that he is sent from God. They've had the miracle of the loaves and fishes. 
but they want more. And we're going to pick up from verse 30. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So what followed on from that? More grumbling. Later, a few, a few verses later. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. How can he say this? And Jesus told them off. Stop grumbling amongst yourselves, he answered. Would that be a message for us today? Stop grumbling amongst yourselves. And he goes on in, um, my eyesight is dreadful, but it's, um, I think it's 49. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And if, we, if you read on a little bit further in John 6, he, he starts to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood in order that we might live in him forever. And we're going to be sharing in the bread and the wine of communion shortly. And as we do, we can remember that Jesus died for our sins, that his work on the cross is enough, that he satisfies our deepest spiritual hunger and thirst. He gives up eternal and abundant life. So when we feel that God is holding out on us because he's not giving us what we want, when we want it, the truth is that God has already done everything required in giving us his son. His son was his most precious gift to the world. He couldn't have given us anything more. And that sacrifice is enough. It's enough for us to be forgiven, restored into a relationship with God as God meant it to be in the beginning. And the best news of all is when we accept Jesus, we can live with him forever. He gave his Holy Spirit to live in us 24-7 to remind us that he is our counsellor, our comforter, our strengthener, our standby. These words to describe the Holy Spirit are living in you. 
No wonder Jesus told the people to stop grumbling. Do we need that same message? I'm going to close in a prayer, and if, if you'd like to, I'd love that you pray this prayer along with me. Lord, thank you that you are the bread of life. You are the one who satisfies. You provide for us each day and for eternity. You are enough, more than enough. You are abundance. Please forgive us when we grumble, when we criticise your plans, when we want something more or something different than your perfect provision. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to trust you who's given everything for us. Nothing that we need for each day would you withhold from us in your great goodness and your love and your mercy. Please work in us and through us in every circumstance in our daily lives to transform us more and more into your likeness. For your glory's sake, Lord. Amen.